welcome to season two, episode 13 of the Amplified Marriage Podcast. Today, our title is Pick Your Poison. We are talking about some dangerous things that can lead your marriage to divorce. Welcome to another episode of Amplified Marriage. I'm Brian. I'm Natalie. We just wanted to say thank you. Thank you for hanging with us over this last month. Uh, thank you for downloading. Thank mm-hmm. you for sharing. Thank you for listening. Thank you for still sending us those emails over this time when we have been gone for about a month. We haven't yep. posted a new episode. That was intentional. We needed to step back, take a break. Yeah, I think we just needed to re not regroup. We're okay. Uh, we just had a lot going on outside of the podcast uh, and just with work and stuff. And so we just needed to take that time and just to refocus. Just refocus, and, uh, re- uh, refocus and kind of get refreshed. Absolutely. And in that time, we have some really great content coming up for you for the next little while. Uh, we have some new interviews coming. We have uh, what we're calling our Pick Your Poison series. Ooh, you might be wondering what on earth we're talking about. We'll get we'll get to that in a minute. Okay, so uh in case you missed our last podcast, I mean we had to even go back because <laughs> enough times passed that we're like, what did we even talk about? We talked about whether or not your relationship was on autopilot. Were you coasting? That's right. Are you just cruising through your relationship thinking everything's okay when at the core things just kind of might be amiss? or you might be sort of interpreting them in a different way than what's actually happening in a relationship. So if you missed that one, I really encourage you to go back and listen. Be some great nuggets of information there for you. Absolutely. And so uh, we did just mention um, our new series that we're going into called Pick Your Poison. Yeah. I know it sounds funny. I know it's a weird title. But over the last however many years that Natalie and I have been coaching um, couples, Walking side by side with couples, praying with couples. And even our couples. own journey. Even our own journey. Our own journey is filled with uh, some things. And there's there's probably 20 negative things, 20 things that happen in a relationship that you should just stop doing or cut out of it or... At least be made aware. I mean, and what, it's so like... That you, you can change. It's like if you don't know, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And so we want to inform you. So the, the pick your poison is these are are six things, seven things, eight things. Who knows how many of the list is going to be. Um, but we have a few weeks lined up of, of poisons that we believe will ultimately leave or lead to divorce. Yeah, if, if left unchecked. If left unchecked, if left not knowing, if left um, in a place where it's just happening. And Sometimes these things uh, have become so, you've heard us say this many times. Yeah. These things that we're going to talk about these next few weeks. Um, 
So we're and we're just we're gonna be going two at a time. Yeah. So these the things that we're talking about these next few weeks, um, are things that should be the exception, but can easily become your normal. They were our normal for a long time. Some of them were. Some yeah. of them were our normal for a long time. Some of them were um, things that happen once in a while, but not often, but still things that just needed to be dealt with. Right. And let, let's just, before we dig into what we're talking about tonight, you might be thinking, well, I'm not married. So like, how does this apply? This, this isn't, the things that we're talking about don't just happen within marriages. They happen within relationships. And so that could be uh, a work relationship right. as far as like employer to employee or family relationships um, friend relationship. So it's not just marriage, but there's some toxic communication patterns. There's some some real um, trouble spots right. that we just kind of want to bring some light to as far as, you know, these are the, the two poisons that we've picked tonight to talk about um, are criticism and contempt. And uh, we're all too familiar with those two in our own personal right. life. But uh, it's super important. We did a webinar. Uh, and so if you weren't able to connect with us on this webinar, we did two separate ones. Uh, we're in the process of putting them on the website. So make sure that you check that out. But one of the things that it kind of sparked a trajectory, I think, for us that we're like, we need to, I think, kind of go down this path. And dig a little deeper into Yeah, dig a little deeper because... You know, even as we were prepping and uh, it was just, we were just spouting off toxic ways that, toxic behaviors, I guess. Um, And I'm like, good heavens, like we could do a whole entire series. And that kind of was like, pick your poison came out of that. Yeah. And uh, a lot of our research tonight and some of the topics that we're talking about came from the Gottman Institute. Just want to give them props. Uh, they're fabulous. They're a fabulous uh, couple that deals with all kinds of, of subject matter. Uh, it's funny, when we were doing some digging, we've coached couples for a long time now. And oftentimes when we we get into to doing some research, there's things that we've been, been saying, hey, you shouldn't do this as a couple. Like We'll, we'll use the word criticism or can, like you're showing contempt for your spouse like or yep. your, your partner. But oftentimes you go to these, these places when you're doing study trying to, like I want to know more about relationships so I can help more people. Oftentimes these these places that you know psychologists or marriage counselors, they put labels and put names to some of the things that we've been sharing with couples for a long time. And so That's right. uh, the first one we really wanna the first poison is criticism. This now, one's really a big one. Well and it, oftentimes people you know you always in your mind when as soon as we heard this one or I heard this one it was like criticism oh, it's your boss, you know, like you do a job and your boss immediately is like, you did everything wrong. You suck ah. at your job. You can't do it. You didn't do the numbers right. Like you ever watch movies and that's yeah. how the, the critical boss is always like. And so it, it that's the first thing that came to my mind was this the, the, the critical boss. Yeah. I don't have a critical boss, by the way. I'm just saying that not now, but in no, the past. No, you I've have had, some, had in the past some really nasty bosses. Absolutely. And so- criticizing your partner or criticizing your spouse um, is different than offering uh, a voice of critique or yep. even voicing like a complaint, like, Hey, <laughs> like whatever that complaint may be uh, there. The latter two are about a specific type of issue. So if I come to yeah. you with a, a critique, like, Hey, when we did this, um, 
this 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 kind of thing happened. You can tweak and this. And it's not a criticism. Yeah, you can tweak this to make it better. That's it's more a of a critique. critique. That's a, right. Uh, or a complaint. The two are they're about specific issues. That's right. And criticizing your spouse or your partner, it's it's a straight a, on. like it's it's a straight on attack. Yeah. At the at the core of who their character is. Yeah. So Critique and complaint are different. They're about specific things, whereas criticism, yep. being you're, critical, char- having a critical spirit, is at the core. And oftentimes, when you're being critical, you're attacking their character. Yeah. So when you are being critical of your spouse or your partner, you're criticizing. Yeah, you are. You're you're criticizing who they are. You're trying to to tear apart their whole being. That's right. And it, it's demoralizing. It really is. So the important part is to learn the difference between expressing a, a complaint and And criticizing. criticizing. So um, we pulled this off the Gottman website. So complaint. Uh, here's an example. I was scared when you were running late and didn't call me. I thought we had agreed that we would do that for each other, meaning right. phone each other. Criticism looks like this. You never think about how your behavior is affecting other people. I don't believe that you are forgetful. You're just being selfish. You never think of others. You never think of me. You've heard us talk about the nevers. Well, the the um the absolutes, like the yeah. the, the you never, you always yeah, like taking those words out of your vocabulary because they they don't leave any room for grace or mercy or forgiveness. They're just like you never do this. Yeah, and you've made up your mind already that you suck at this. And I would caution that if you're not careful, a complaint can turn into criticizing right quick. And I was just thinking of a story about this, actually, about the running late thing. Uh, when I was pregnant. Oh, my goodness. You're going to bring this one up. Yeah, I am. When I was pregnant with, I don't think I've told this story. I don't know that you've told it or not, but I've heard it. And- you've heard it. And so here's <laughs> here's how that that slippery slope of like complaining about something turned into criticizing you at the end of that. And I back then think I was right. And maybe there's still a part of me today that's like, no, I was in the right, but I wasn't. (laughs) Okay. So I was pregnant with our firstborn and it was winter time and we had planned to go out on a date. Now you might not know who we are and kind of our, we're on time. And we're if you're on five time. minutes early, you're 10 minutes late. That's right. Our so kids we, know this now. That's right. So we're very on time. And so we had a reservation for whatever the time was. And um, I was ready to go and this and that. And about half an hour before the reservation, uh, you weren't even home and you should have been home by then. So I called your work cell phone. And he was a delivery driver at that time. No answer. And I called his work number. So I called the cell phone. I called work. No answer. The store is closed. The business is closed. We're like, it's not so much like, hey, I care about your safety right now. I care about the date that you said we were going on. And so uh, no answer, no answer. Panic set in because we were running late (laughs) and our reservation was going to go to somebody else. I was so frazzled. And maybe one of, you know, some of you would say, oh, it's just pregnancy hormones or whatever. No, it was right cray cray. I phoned the hospital and I asked specifically if a gentleman by his name was brought in because of a car accident or anything like that because I hadn't heard from him and this, that, and the other. And I was 
frazzled. They're like, no, ma'am, there's no one here by that name. Um, I was, oh, I was so close to phoning the cops. I think I want to also bring this up. This is back when cell phones weren't as common as they are now. Not everyone had a cell phone in their pocket. In fact, we didn't even have a cell phone. No. I had a work cell phone. Yeah. I need you to explain to our listeners the particular point. So he, his, Thank you. the phone died. <laughs> but that, in my mind, here's where I went from, hey, I was scared. Yeah, I was terrified. I was over the top calling the hospital. I was this close to calling RCMP. the RCMP. <laughs> and uh, he walked, I think he walked in the door I sure and did. I was crying. And I was like, what is and happening? I think from, I don't know, we made our reservation. So it was like sometime in, in that half an hour, he had made it home and I was bawling. And I said, you never called me and here I'm left thinking you're in a ditch somewhere dying and and we're not going to go on our date right it was it wasn't about his it was about the fact that he didn't call which turned very nasty it was like how could you not think that I would have been freaking out on this end with you not phoning don't tell me that you couldn't have borrowed somebody else's phone don't tell me that what was really going on, were you actually working? Right. And on and on and on that narrative went, right? So um, yes, they're two separate things, but I think you can slip into one right. from the other really quickly. And I think I need to point out to our Amplified Marriage um, I was wrong. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it like that, <laughs> oh. but that was not the only occasion in which Natalie had responded in said way because of her personality, there was another time where I called her at like five to six, and um, I, I said, "Hey, I'm going to be home." We had a customer come in, pick up like twenty pieces right at six o'clock, which you know you're not supposed to do, but he did. And it took us forty minutes to get all the pieces unloaded on the truck. Um, the the cell phone again had died because the technology was not that great back then. <laughs> cell phone died, and the office phones were shut down. And I rolled in at like seven o'clock, and she had again. Um, amped herself up and it went from just being like, hey, you remember when you're supposed to tell me like we made this yeah. decision together, we'll always communicate. You yeah, big old liar. Yeah, yeah. and it <laughs> went into some pretty harsh and uh, never like, you never call me. And yeah. I'm like, but I called you at five to six. So that was literally an hour ago. I called you and said, I'm going to be running. That's right. But see, my mind went to, he must have been robbed from the time <laughs> that... <laughs> So, uh, the 50 feet from the front door to his car That's in a right. well-lit parking lot, he was r mugged and robbed with other That's members right. of his team with him. That's so, right. Hey, so if you find that you are critical of each other or one is more critical of than the other, this isn't like a necessarily like your relationship's going to fail or you're doomed. What? This is something to be aware of so that you're you're consciously working together to fix it. Yeah, and we're going to give a, 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 like a, a tips and some some ways like it, we, the Gottman Institute, Institute calls it the antidote. Yeah. Uh, and we want to give you that. And today. left unchecked, I mean, this one, this poison uh, just flows into the next poison that we're going to talk about. And it's this kind of domino effect. And that's where you end up in some troubled right? waters. And so the problem with, with being critical or having a critical spirit or being uh, having being criticism is that it becomes... I forget to speak English. <laughs> it becomes pervasive, or it can come. Yeah. Be it can become your way of life. That's right. Uh, it's a way, and it what it does do is it actually begins the steps towards other 
deadlier poisons or yeah. other poisons to have entrance into your relationship. And we want to help you uh, get away from them. It can, it can make you feel like you've been uh, assaulted or rejected and hurt. And as such, your feelings and the decisions you make are based out of uh, rejection or yeah. hurt or those harsh feelings as opposed to happy place or making good decisions because everything is healthy and whole. And so the one that is sort of the perpetrator, I guess we'll call it that, the one who's instigating this kind of right. toxicity, there is, the more that it happens, it increases in its intensity. And I think that that was that domino effect that we're talking about of it then leading uh, to the person to becoming contempt, like feeling contempt towards their right. partner, their spouse, their boss, yeah. their sibling, their family member, it, or whatever. It, be, it begins to spiral out when you're being critical. Um, that not if you're being critical of your spouse and it le it's left unchecked, it'll eventually start to to roll over into other things. That's right. And well, let me just say, like. I have had it said to me in the past with criti people criticizing me, oh, I'm just speaking the truth. And it's like, okay, there is a way to speak to people the truth, maybe, um, that isn't condescending and critical, and they don't walk away feeling worthless and devalued. And so um, I think that if you've, if you're like, oh, my spouse isn't really doing that, just think of a time when someone was overly judgmental and just like their whole purpose was to yeah. rip you apart, like one side up and the next side down and then leave you um, sort of in a mess of a, a puddle of a mess. Yeah. Uh, because- a puddle of a mess, eh? A puddle of a, a mess of a puddle? I don't know. In a puddle? I would just say a puddle. In a puddle. Um. So if you if you're unsure if that if that's what criticizing is, I mean that's how you're left feeling. Yeah, and so the antidote for this type of thing is to take the the word "you," uh, which is a, is very much a criticism thing. It's not a complaint. It's not. It's not anything else. Well, I think you're throwing spears when you start a conversation you, you, with you did this. you did this and yeah. you make me so, amplified marriage family. I want you to listen to this and I want you to just maybe take a minute and think about the times that you <laughs> so I can use it there have maybe done that with your significant other. That's right. And in that moment, what was the the heart of why you were doing that? Was it because you were trying to get them to, you know, agree to your position or was it to get them to feel bad that they did something to you? Mm. Right? And so it goes from a you statement, uh, which Blames. And, and yeah, it points the fingers and you're yeah. blaming. And we want in the antidote to change this to an I statement. So criticism will say this. You always talk about yourself. Why are you always so selfish? Now that, that's an interesting one. You you always you are always the one that never does takes out the garbage. Yeah. You're always late. You're always late. You always eat the last piece of fish. You never phone. <laughs> You never I'm phone. always the one that has to phone. I'm no, oh, you're, I always have to, you always, you never initiate sex. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always the one that has to do that. Okay. That's so right. So criticism says, criticism is you're pointing the fingers and you're saying you, you're not starting, you're starting that already with blame laid at their feet, even though they've not even had a chance to say anything. That's right. The antidote is. I'm feeling left out of our talk tonight. 
and I have things I need to say. Can we please talk about my day? Yeah. And so maybe that's not how you would say it because that that's no. pretty. That's kind of like a scripted response. Yeah. But you're like, hey, do you know what? Can we just? I'm I'm feeling like we've not had a chance to. We say to this sit down and decompress. Let's decompress. Yeah. And let's talk about some stuff. Okay. And instead, you're saying you're laying. Is it? I'm feeling this way. As saying you never. Right. Yeah. You I'm, never talk to me. You I'm, never talk about what I want to talk about. Yeah. I'm, you never let me vent. Right. And um, I think that's really important to set that time aside. We've managed like over the years when the kids were little, that was that couch time that you've heard us say in previous podcasts where we really made deliberate time to talk about our day, not right when you came in yep. through the door, because that's probably not the good time. No. Uh, but within a half an hour of you coming home, of really taking that time to sit down and say, hey, can we talk about right. my day? Because let me tell you what kind of a day it was. Right. right. And I've said it like that. And so all these things we have said, um, criticism can lead to contempt. Uh, oftentimes being having a critical spirit, operating in that uh, yeah. area of criticism and being that critical person can actually lead to open up the door to other different types of poisons that will eventually can lead to divorce. Well, that's right. And so um, when you're, I'm pretty sure that we had mentioned like this trust cycle where there's, there's an issue. I'm voicing that issue. You're hearing my concern or you're hearing my complaint and then you're fulfilling that need. Yeah. Uh, The same thing goes here when we're talking about criticism and then now we're talking about contempt. That same thing, when you stop blaming you're supposed you never do this, you always do this, and start saying, Hey, I'm feeling left out. Mm-hmm. You know, I I I just got home and you know, you're out with the guys already or whatever, of take making it personal. Yeah. Yeah. And so the next one is contempt. And uh the second one, the poison that we want to talk about is contempt. Uh when we are communicating in a, a place of contempt. Um, we treat others with disrespect. We can mock them. Sarcastic. Sarca- well, it, there's a, there's that, that line of sarcasm, funny, uh, and then sarcasm, you were just being a jerk. Well, you, you can tell the difference when someone's being sarcastic where it's, um, it's, pointed where it's at funny you. And, it's an, and then an underhanded insult. But we, we can mock them with that sarcasm. We can ridicule them. We call them names. We, we, I think a rolling the, of the eyes. Rolling of the eyes. We, we mimic them and like, you know how a kid does. And then the kid does it back to you. Like, Don't you say that to me in that tone? And then they say it back to you in that exact same tone. Um, the body language, eye rolling, or yeah. scoffing. You can't see the eye rolls because it's a podcast, but the scoffing. Like, oh, I'm oh. rolling my eyes right now. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. You can just, <laughs> Natalie's eyes, they roll up really well. Um, but the whole purpose of contempt, if you've gone from that criti- critical state into contempt, yeah. is it is to feel, you feel worthless, like you have less than you anything well, to offer. You have no does. value. Yeah, the victim does. But the perpetrator certainly feels so superior. Yeah, absolutely. And it goes, it, contempt goes a long ways past criticism. That's right. Uh, again, criticism attacks the character. So it's almost like a self-righteous. Yeah. And and it, it's it's a, a moral superiority or a superiority. It's almost like if you have contempt, you have a a superiority complex. Exactly. You see this a lot with um, exceptionally wealthy people when you watch them on the news or you watch like celebrities that have never known um, struggle, like being poor or not having any money or not having access to whatever they want, whatever they, whenever they want. Yeah. You oftentimes see almost like a contempt in them 
um, because they they truly feel that they're superior to other people, mm-hmm. and that's an extreme case. Uh, but in a relationship, um, you could have superiority issue because I'm the alpha male in the house, or I yep. make the most money, or I drive a nicer car than you do, or I'm right. a better cook, or I clean the house better than you do. That's right. Right. So, and it's so easy if if your needs aren't being met. Oh. Uh, it's easy then to pick that one. And I, I held this over your head because I went to uh, college and you did not. And so I had, like, I oh would throw that in your but face. But that was bred into you by your family. Your family really yeah, struggled with true, me. that's true, but I still made the choice to to hold right. that noose around your neck. And I used it whenever it suited me. I love the Gottman Institute's example of the, of this here because I <laughs> was reading one. it. I laughed out loud because it like she said this to me. It um I legit said this almost word for word to him, and I'm going to read it to you now. So here is contempt. <laughs> You're tired. Cry me a river. I've been with the kids all day, running around like mad to keep this house going, and all you do when you come home from work is flop down on that sofa like a child and play those stupid. Video games. I didn't use idiotic. Uh, I was like, those stupid video games. I don't have the time, nor do I want to deal with another kid. Could you be any more useless? Gottman Institute used pathetic, but I'm inserting what I actually said. Um, it's so That one was hurtful. Well, no kidding. Reading it, reading it now, and I'm like, ugh. And you know what? Even in our research, um, other than Gottman... And this is something that we've heard before that uh, people that are in contemptuous relationships or behave in that way, um, there's actually sign, science to show um, that people that have uh, well, stress, the stress, but this becomes a mental health thing. Like yeah. being, the person who's on the receiving end of someone who is filled with contempt or treating them with con- contempt uh, will likely to suffer some things with infectious illnesses like colds or the flu or sicknesses, just like that, yeah. Because they're they have a weak immune system because they're stressed and they don't they don't feel like they're worth anything. So they're not even their body is give. It's almost like their body is caving in on them as well. That's it's right. Super interesting science behind that. If you've ever been on the receiving end of that, um, and I have, I've also been the giver of that. But on the receiving end, I had such like queasy stomach, and um, you know when you're nervous or you're anxious and like all the things that happened, and I. Um, I felt sick and I felt nauseous and it's like I felt when your, your it, dad used to call us up and like, I need to have a chat with you too. Oh my goodness. It would send me like almost in panic yeah. mode. Right. And so it, it, uh, it's con- fueled. Well, contempt is, is, is not often as overt or in your face as someone who's criticizing. Right. And so the, <laughs> the critical spirit or the contempt, sorry, the contemptuous or the contempt spirit is, um, can kind of just simmer under the surface and it comes out at certain times. Well, and it's, you've been brooding. Yeah. And all those about negative it. thoughts. So all those criticizing things um, that, you know, cause like in our relationship, it, it went both ways. Like right. I was criticizing you because I was trying to get you to change and you were criticizing for whatever your reasons were, but being on the receiving end of that criticizing, um, I would stew. So it wasn't that we even dealt with, Oh no! The critical. It was like um, our. Do you know how you, you? What's that saying? We swept it under the rug. Yeah. Our rug was about ten rugs piled on top of each other, um, uh, on each other that was holding down a mountain of things that we never dealt with. That's right, and it started to build. Right. And resentment started to build, oh. and I couldn't like stand the look of you in the room. And do you see how then, this 
everything you said was filled with contempt. And I, I, I could read that, feel that, knew what was happening. That's right. And vice versa when it was yeah. coming back at you. It's interesting the way they, they have that, the way that um, John Gottman says it this way is that contempt is the single greatest predictor of divorce. And we've coached some couples that uh, one in one side of it, not even both, but one was the receiver of the cr- criticism and yeah. contempt, and the other was the giver. Yep. And they are not together. Uh, and so contempt is something that, well, it may be. You can't let it take root. You can't let it take root. You need to it's cut got, it out. Yeah, as, it's got to be eliminated. If you're on the receiving end, you need to stand up to whoever that contempt bully is and deal with it face first, head on, deal yeah. with it. It's going to hurt. It's going to be tired. But if you value your relationship, you value your, your marriage and you want it to work. And again, we say this all the time. We believe that almost anything can be, can you can come back for. Yeah. From it, like, and here, here's, here's a hard truth and that some people may not <laughs> like this, but you can come back from adultery. We've yeah. seen it. We know people. And we've, 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 walk through with couples that have experienced this before. You can come back from some of the worst things in a relationship. Now, there is a yeah. breaking point, but what we're saying is is that if you are working in this place of criticism and contempt, this is not the end. No, it doesn't have to be. No, family, you hear me? This is not the end. Your relationship can be salvaged. That's right. And and the saying that you've heard us say, you teach people how to treat you. Right. And so you might Today might be, you might be today years old when your eyes have been opened yeah. and you've had that enlightenment of, hey, this is not okay. I don't like how you say that to and, me. That's and rude. And I do feel like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then this is what sparks that conversation. And if you need to get counseling, we are advocates for getting counseling for this particular thing and being able to uh, understand how to cope. But that uh, teach people how to treat you leads us into this antidote. And that's to build a culture with your partner of appreciation and respect. I also want to add gratefulness and and honor. You add in that's those, so good. You're adding those things. You're grateful for your spouse. You're going to honor them, and because you're doing those things, you appreciate who they are, what they're doing, and you respect them for what they what they bring to the relationship. And it's not just. Well, you bring good laundry care. You mean you care for my soul. You care for my heart. You care yeah. for who I am. Appreciation goes a long way. It's kind of like one of those things. Have you ever hung out with a negative Nelly? Uh, and if your name is Nelly, I do apologize. Negative I'm not Nancy talking about. I... Oh, okay. Mm. <laughs> Either way, we're not singling mm. anyone else. No Nelly or Nancy. Right. But when someone's negative all of the time and you're hanging out with them and you're like, eh, it like rubs off on you. Right. And you begin to take on those traits and that whole. Um, I knew a person actually uh, in my life where it was just, it was nasty, nasty talking about her husband, nasty talking about uh, the pastor, nasty talking about other friends. Mm-hmm. And it was just, there was nothing ever good coming out of her mouth. And I think when you start to hang out with people like that, that's how you become. That's what you're feeding and that's what's coming out versus being thankful. Hey, I'm thankful that my husband goes to work faithfully every single day. I am thankful when you begin your day, even though there might be things that your your partner is kind of lax, like are messing up, because they're not perfect. I think coming at it from that place of I appreciate and choosing to focus on right. the things that they're right. doing well. And if you're building that uh, into a place where you are regularly expressing affection, like one thing that Natalie and I do is I'll never go a day without saying I love you. Yeah. We just don't want to. I don't want. 
want to leave the house. And the last thing she said to me was, you didn't brush your teeth <laughs> instead yeah. of I love you or whatever it was. But if you regularly, you build into your relationship, you build that culture, you build a culture of honor, of respect, of appreciation, of gratefulness, of, and affection. If you do that, you create a positive yeah. um, direction, a positive purpose, a positive force in your relationship that is going to act as a buffer for anything negative that can come in. Because realistically, again, there's science to show happy people and grateful people and appreciative people, people that live in that that kind of culture, yep. have healthier, happier lives than That's those right. who don't. That's right. And so what happens is when the more positive that you feel, the less likely you are uh, going to be able to feel or express said contempt. That's right. And one negative comment takes seven yeah. positive comments to counter that one negative. Yeah. So just sit there for a minute. That it's so easy for us to believe the negative instead of the positive about ourselves. Right. Like, so the power of words is so important to understand. Right. Like I'm a pretty confident dude. Like I, I'm confident in myself. I'm fairly confident in my abilities. But there's been times that someone has said something to me that's taken me weeks to 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 process, not to get over. I, I can get over stuff, but to process and like have to hear other things. No, no, you did like you know what I mean. Like have the right yeah. words. The insert the right words. What are the positive your the positive words you need to reinforce that one thing that someone said? Just pen passing conversation. That's right. And I feel like right. the more that you can focus on encouraging your partner, and and not just focusing on the stuff they're doing wrong. When it comes time to have these kinds of conversations, if what's coming out of your mouth is in for the majority of the time is like, hey, you know, okay, well, he didn't do this or that, but hey, he did this. And so thank you so much for doing that. When it comes time to be like, uh, let's give the example. So the, yeah, but but how hard is that to do? It's very hard. <laughs> right? Like, honestly, it is very hard. But if you're in a culture, you've built a culture in your relationship with your wife, uh, where it's honor, respect, gratefulness, yeah, uh, I had to train myself. You, you right? We have to. You have to retrain your your yes. your relationship. You have to retrain how you approach each other. That's right. Man, we had a lot of retraining to do. Big time. So contempt says this: <laughs> you forgot to load the dishwasher again. Ugh, you're so lazy. And then I roll. I feel like, I've said this. <laughs> I feel like yeah, yeah. Yes, you have. That's like I can repeat it so well. <laughs> yeah, right. You know it verbatim. You didn't even have to no. read the words, but. The the antidote to this is I understand that you've been busy lately, or however you want to say it. Yeah. Uh, could you just take a minute and remember to please load the dishwasher? And when it when I work lit, I'd really really appreciate that. Like for us, it's dinner. Yeah. Natalie sometimes has to work this weird shift from five until seven because she's a, a vocal coach, and so sometimes not even all the time because sometimes I'm still working. Yeah. But those times that I'm not, I'll I'll come home and make a dinner for her, or vice versa when I'm working late. But it's just, hey, can you please do this for me? Or can you get groceries? I, I don't have time. Yeah. Tomorrow morning, can you please remember, I need snacks for us and the kids. Yeah. Like even just last this last yeah. week, right? That's right. But or, instead of saying, you suck, remember when that one time I said this one thing to you and how can you not remember now? Yeah, right? exactly. And I've said that to you. <laughs> um, <laughs> this, this is all too personal here, these poisons that we're talking about. But see, that antidote works so much better because you're expressing an understanding right off the bat. You're not coming at it from a place of attack. Yeah, because you're not, again, we're removing the you language or the, That's right. the I, you never, you never do this. You always, you're removing that and saying, yeah. hey, look, this is, 
Dude, this would really be helpful for me. Could you please help me out with this? That's right. And it ends with a respectful request. But it's also not even in, it's not just in the language. It's also in the tone. <laughs> tone plays a huge part. Especially with you and your face. My face says it all, <laughs> which is, you know, good, good and bad and not so good. <laughs> <laughs> but her face will, will, even if she's saying sometimes nicely, um, when she's uh, already been pushed to that point because yeah. I'm a challenger and I challenge things. But when she's been pushed to this particular brink, her eyes are saying many things and her face is saying things, but the yeah. tone that's coming out is different than what her eyes and her face are saying. Yeah. There's a lot of lip compressions. And if you don't know what that is, that's when you like press your lips together really tightly because you're biting back all the fighting words. <laughs> And sometimes he's successful and other times not so much. That's right. But it's so important when you're when you're having a respectful conversation that you're ending with appreciation. Right. And so <laughs> the antidote is to treat each other with, again, the culture of honor. That's right. Culture of respect. Yeah. Culture of appreciation. A culture of gratefulness. And it takes time. It does. To, and you can retrain. Because, hey, I retrained myself. And I still sometimes suck. Yeah, so do I. I. And the thing is, is I'm not one for... Uh, just giving away compliments. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so that that's something that I had to learn as a, that my team that I work with that at church has said to me before that when you say good job, you're like that's like high praise. I'm like what? That's right. I could have sworn I gave you more than that before, but I've yeah. had to actively to to work in my relationship with my kids mm-hmm. as well because I have different personality kids. Yep. One will come to me and I'll be like, "Hey man, that was really good." And, and that will like feed him for a month. The yep. other one needs a bit more affirmation regularly and we're still working out with my daughter. <laughs> She's kind of an in-betweener right there. Yeah. Right? Well, and it's just like that love language, right? And yeah. words of affirmation is not uh, on our top of love languages. And so for me, but that doesn't mean that I don't need it. No, and that's the thing, is that just because it's not on a list that you took yeah. from the five love language test that all of a sudden, and that's not a thing yeah. you need. Like Everyone, I want to know that I'm doing a good job. Yeah. like I, Even though I don't need that to fuel me doing a good job. Right. I like to know that I'm, all right, I'm I'm on par here. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing okay. I didn't suck this week. Right, yeah. All is going well. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that feels so good. Thank right. You. But it it's not, uh, you're not coming... You're coming from a place of respect. I think that, if anything, the antidote for even criticism, the antidote for contempt, even the antidote for some of these other ones that we're going to get into, part of the antidote is just treating the other person like they're like a, a, a person. Yeah. Like they have feelings and they have And they're thoughts, valued. And they're valued and they have ideas. If you do yeah. that, because oftentimes when you're behaving out of a place of contempt and uh, being cr- criticism, it's all about you. Yeah. It's all about how you're feeling in the moment. It's not about the other person. Yeah. Right, and so we want you to come at your spouse or your significant other, your fiance, boyfriend, girlfriend, with a uh, an attitude of respect and an attitude of honor. So, just to clarify or to wrap up a critical or criticism spirit, the antidote is a gentle startup. Right, not you this and you that, but rather I feel this. Starting with the fingers pointing, you're just starting up gentle. That's I like how the Gottman and Stu puts it that way. Yeah. it's a gentle startup. And with contempt, your antidote is building a culture of honor and respect. And I think that should be the very foundation that one is building a relationship upon. And it's surprising how often that's not the foundation that, that people have in their relationships. That's right? right. And sometimes it takes a little while to realize. I mean, we had to we had to loop around that mountain and then we came back and we're like, okay, we have to start from the ground up. 
And yeah. so it starts at a, a, at a place, a basis of honor and respect. Right. Absolutely. And, and so we have uh, a few more poisons that we want to go through along That's with the, right. we want to give you the, the, what can happen and what's going to happen if you apply the antidotes. I That's like the right. antidotes to the poison. So if you have been enjoying our podcast, as we know you have, because you guys have been downloading and you've been listening right. and we sharing. That's so right. We appreciate that. Oh, man, that means so so much to us. Uh, just let uh, let people know about us. We appreciate that. You can follow us on Instagram and on Facebook. And you hear us say this all the time. We love to hear from you. If you have a topic or a question or anything you would like us to discuss, here's what I want to do. If you send me through our website, we have a voicemail option on the bottom right. If you send me a voicemail through the website, we will take that and we will ask, ask that question in a bonus episode. We're going to do a question and an answer from people, from you, our Amplified Marriage listeners. You send me a voicemail, you send me an email, you send that to us. We're going to do a bonus episode of question and answer specific. It can be on any topic relating to relationships and marriage or anything like that. And we will do our best to answer that, have an amazing bonus episode, but start sending those questions in and we'll do that in uh, the next month coming up. That's right. And you can send us an email at amplifiedmarriage at gmail.com. And as you hear us say, even if you are struggling with criticism, with contempt, as you've heard us say all the time, we believe that marriage can be reset, refreshed, recharged, and restored. Thank you so much for joining us. Talk to you soon.